welcome to Million Dollar Agent, everyone. There's two great pleasures for this week's session. I get the opportunity to interview a very dear friend of mine and long-term colleague, Michael Glynn, who's one of our best agents at McGrath and has been with me for over 20 years. And the additional pleasure, Troy, is we don't have Mike, uh, Tommy Panos here this morning with us. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a double bonus. Um, firstly, Mike, welcome. Um, Thank you. We were just talking about it. I can't believe it. You just showed me a photo of your beautiful daughter, Rabia, who is, when I said, you know, how old is Rabia now, I thought you'd say, well, you know, she's in year six or year seven, but she's actually 20 years of age. And she's at university. She's been around Europe on her own, and um, I'm in shock, just like you. Well, because I remember, you know, when you told me the great news, you know, going back 20 years. So you and I have been working together for over 20 years, it must That's be. Right, yes. And just for the listeners, you give a bit of background. I met Mike. He was uh, in the architectural model industry, from memory. You yeah, used we to. Making, we were making models for all sorts of buildings that were going up in Sydney at the time. Yeah, I and came here from the Middle East, and we'd been working in Saudi Arabia and, and Britain, of course. And Phil Spencer, yeah. I think I used to be yeah. Phil's auctioneer in Surrey Hills, yeah. and you lived nearby, and used to come mm-hmm, by and mm-hmm. pop into the auctions there a bit, and we got we got chatting. And anyway, the rest is uh, two decades of great fun and history and, and great success on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's the background. Um, Mike, a well, couple of things, you know, we, we, Tom and I talk to our listeners this podcast each week and we try and give them, I guess, what we like to see is the real story because it's easy to sugarcoat stuff and, mm-hmm. and, you know, talk about textbook stuff. But I think it'd be fair to say from my perspective is you are probably one of the more authentic success stories because what you see is what you get with Mike. Um, you have your own style and way of doing things, and it's proven to be a great success for you over a long period. Let's talk a bit about that, because just before we went on air, we were talking about, you know, I, I said to you something like, my view is you're a relationship guy. That's yes. like, first and foremost, you're not a DL card necessarily. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but mm-hmm. you've built your business not on full-page ads of how good Michael is, but one at a time, one handshake at a time, one listing at a time, one open for inspection time, building connection. Tell me about that. I mean, is that true? How do you think about it? And what do you do to build trust with the communities that you're serving? Uh, look, the answer is you have to be authentic. You have to be honest, straightforward in all your dealings with people, buyers and sellers. Um, you've got to never lose sight of the fact that when you sell a home to someone, uh, they will be your client at some future point. And I was just saying to to you prior to this kicking off that I've recently been selling houses for people that I've sold, and those houses I've sold uh, on more than uh, two or three occasions. And that is just by dealing with people honestly and fairly, being authentic, helping them make positive decisions about what they're trying to do, which is move. So how do you do I mean, building trust is, 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 is a guiding principle, but how do you do that? I mean, what do you do when you're in the relationship and you're dealing with someone that you think helps them build trust? Because I know, above all else, people trust you implicitly. Why is that? What happens? Probably the, the most important thing is to listen to people. Mm-hmm. You can tell them how to sell. You can tell them what you're good at. You can tell people a range of different things. But up to a point, you know, they know that anyway. Otherwise, they wouldn't be talking to you. So you've actually got to listen to them. They've got a story. You don't know what their circumstances are uh, straight away, but it could be that they need to sell. Uh, they just want to move uh, because they're upgrading, downsizing. There's a death in the family. There's a divorce. A whole raft of different things that are going on that can be incredibly stressful. So you have have to actually listen to people. 
Mm. And, and within the relationship, I mean, because listening obviously never stops, but at the point of listening, I guess you really have to listen because you've got to know where yep. they're going and what are their concerns. Sure. Your activities within the sale process, and we'll talk about listening in a minute, but I, I often talk about frequency of communication mm-hmm. and, and, as you say, just unfiltered, non-sugar-coated reality. Yeah. And again, I know that that's your way of going. How do you deliver what a lot of people might say is tough conversations or bad news? You know, because we all know that everyone, when they start off, the agent and the seller, they want some amazing possible price, and sometimes they get it. Sometimes the market says, no, we're not prepared to pay that. With your dealing with customers, I mean, do you find that's a difficult area? And if so, how do you overcome it? That is, you know, telling people sometimes the hard truths that they may or may not want to hear. I actually don't have any difficulty with it. Uh, if they, again, it comes back to you, if they trust you, they're going to be receptive to the news. They may not necessarily like it, but you've got to actually explain why the news is the way it is. So if it's bad news, you've got to lay it on the line. Yes, we, we planned around an auction. We, we anticipated having a, a successful result like the house around the corner or whatever other home that we used as a point of reference. Um, but then you've got to talk about the, res- the genuine response from the market and what those people have said to us. Uh, and just break it down case by case. This person thought this, this p- person thought that. There's another property that's also on the market that may be drawing some attention away from our home. You've just got to talk about it in, a, in its full uh, holistic way. And let's face it, most my clients are all bright, intelligent people. They're all at the top of their game. So they, they, they take on board the information. It may be unpalatable, uh, but they take it on board. And what, what, I get about, what I get about that, Mike, and it's, I've certainly known that of you, but as you're saying that, I, I see and I experience it's, it's calm and measured. Yeah. So it's not about, you know, like um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, you need to get tough with the vendors, and you know, like they use all sorts of aggressive adjectives, and, and certainly I've never adopted that approach. Mm. And by the sound mm. of it, obviously you're not. So it's calm and measured. It's also has sufficient detail so people understand why. As you say, you know, you'll talk about a home that's come on. You'll talk about specific comments made by particular purchasers. Mm. So all that kind of I think adds adds colour and credibility to the discussion, rather than saying. Well, you know, look, everyone's saying that your home's overpriced, for example. If you talk through, you know, what the Smith said and the Joneses and the home around the corner, what it's, what it's been quoted at. Yeah. So I think that sounds to me like it's good advice. Yeah, and, you know, you shouldn't be a million miles away from where the market is anyway in the first instance. So when you listed the property, uh, you gave credible data and information uh, to explain where the value of the property really might lie. It's all right to acknowledge that they might have had uh, certain expectations, but if they're erroneous or based on erroneous information, you've got to actually educate them. So it's, it's all a part of that professional approach to explaining where the property should be in the marketplace. And fortunately, we're in a marketplace where uh, things are very, very buoyant. But in, in periods of when the market isn't, you've got to actually make sure that the owner is properly informed. So it sounds to me that preparation and local knowledge are critical? Uh, Local knowledge, you've got to be absolutely on top of everything. Uh, There isn't a sale I don't know about in my neighbourhood. So how do you do that? Do you do that on the internet? Do you do that from signboard, calling up agents? How how do you keep on top of your market? 
my phone is you know, hooked in all the time. I know exactly what's on the market all the time. Right. Just on market, off market, you on just know everything. what's being offered. I just know. Uh, uh, I frequent a number of cafes in my uh, core area. Everybody knows me. They see me. And um, they'll tell me what's going on. You know, there's a variety of different things that uh, you, you have to really, really be plugged into your neighbourhood. Michael, if we break down the sort of the real estate success story into a few things, we talk about prospect list sell, and I think mm -hmm. we've just really um, referenced you as being a relationship guy. Repeat and referral business is not just a big part of your business, it would be the vast majority of your business. Absolutely. You're not the kind of guy that, you know, just drops DL cards randomly to try and pick up anyone. You know. I don't do that at you all. Don't, right, okay. Hallelujah. <laughs> Sorry. Troy, can you just put an underline next to that comment? We, we do some success <laughs> marketing, so that's slightly different. So yes. if, uh, if, uh, if you've sold something, the little card to go out, or just list a card or something like that, but it's not like, vote for Michael Glynn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just Good. dumb. <laughs> Good. Um, are there any other activities that you're doing on a prospecting, or is it really just you're looking after your clients so well they just tell others about you? Is that the core that, of your that's, business? That's absolutely it. Uh, there's some people who they know they'll get a call from me the minute I list something that I think will fit their, uh, their agenda. And they could be looking for, well, there's one couple that I've been intermittently just letting them know what's coming up. Um, uh, every six months or so. So these are prospective buyers, they're not in a hurry, but they're looking for a particular home. a very, home. very uh, focused idea of what their requirements are. And I'll often find that that's how some of my potential purchasers are. They have a very, very clear idea. They almost know what street they want to be in. They'd even know what house they'd want to be in uh, if it were ever to become available. And that's all back in the grey matter uh, for me. I, I know that stuff. I don't need it in a, in a little... Uh, um, uh, flip chart or anything like that. I know those people will buy from me when I get the opportunity to show them the right house. What about the so the listing process? If we if we double clicked on that a little mm -hmm. bit, drilled into it a bit deeper. So yeah. clearly, what I'm already picking up here: authenticity, mm -hmm. information, research, product knowledge. What else? When you're in that sort of incredibly important hour or so with a client, and they're you're listening, they're telling you their concerns. I mean, how do you actually then, I mean, what's your pitch? Why do you think, other than the fact that people like and trust you, which is, I think, 80% of why people, sure. but what's the other 20%? Is, you know, do you have particular strategies? Um, are you like a statistics-based kind of guy? What does your pitch sound like when you actually shift from listening to sort of why McGrath, why Glenn, why Michael Glenn? Well, our marketing, I frankly think what we offer in a, as a business on the, the McGraw umbrella is uh, frankly the best. You, you, so marketing is a the, thing the you sell? Is, it has to be of the highest calibre. You have to be able to differentiate yourself from your competition. So you can say, yes, we can all advertise on the internet, but how do you do it? What sort of information is available? Um, and are you as an agent available? Now, they know they can still shoot me an email at 11 o'clock at night. Right. I had one client tell me to go to bed at 12 o'clock <laughs> last night. <laughs> and funny. I suspect your wife also was... <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was just, you know, but that, that's true. That's true. I'm not kidding. Uh, uh, I'm very, very focused about uh, that particular transaction. <laughs> so, but, that, you know, they, if they know they can make contact with you, you've got uh, just uh, bulletproof marketing. Effective yeah. marketing, and that's actually the term I use most of the time, is is it effective? 
Yes. Is it, you know, it's not just cost effective, but does it actually generate the response you're seeking? And because, you know, what's the only reason, or what are the reasons that a property will fail to sell? Uh, it's usually price, so it's incorrectly priced, or it's inadequately promoted. People right. don't know the property. So the price there. is right, but no one sees it. Nothing happens. Yeah. The price is wrong, and you've advertised like mad. Well, then you know the price is definitely wrong. So it's it's those sorts of things. You've got to get that right. And if you, when you're listing, you go through the stories of your previous sales, the most recent ones, ideally, the last ten of them, uh, with your testimonials, uh, the contact details for those vendors, the contact details for those uh, purchases. Say, look, talk to these guys. I have no problem. You can talk to anybody at all I've ever done business with you know you're getting the real deal when you're, you're appointing me. And so on the selling side, so prospecting, it's very much around repeat, referral and trust. Listing, it's kind of the same because you're extending what they already know to be you and you're then talking a lot about effective marketing because yeah. based on the fact that, Mr. Venner, if we get the price right and we market it effectively, our job mm -hmm. is 99% done. Yeah. On the sell side, so you auction a lot. That's a preferred method for you, I take it? Probably 95% of what I do is, uh, is auction. Um, you know, you, you're giving people the opportunity of really, really testing the market. Uh, because you can, you can via our database, we can, and I've done plenty of sales this way too, it's just walk a bar through the front door of the house, do a transaction, sell, everything's done. The niggling question is, was it the best price? Yeah. Was it really, really the best price that the market could uh, uh, come up with? And frankly, I think there are, on, on occasions, there are moments where you, you question that. Unless uh, it goes to the full market. Unless it goes to the full market where you give it a proper airing uh, and test things thoroughly, uh, you leave yourself the option. If you do go through the auction process, you can sell prior to auction. You can sell prior to marketing. You can sell during the marketing process prior to auction. You can sell at auction. And potentially, if the need arises or it's appropriate, pass the property and sell to the most qualified buyer that you have in front Afterwards, of you. Afterwards. There is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, obviously, a big part of open for inspection, sorry, a big part of auctions will be open for inspections. Yeah, yeah. That's, I know we talk about as game day or show time, it's very day, important. Yeah, yeah. What, what are you doing at opens, if anything, in particular, to really engage? And is there anything you do that you think is a point of difference or? really connects, I mean, you know, focus and, and what's your energy like on those days and how deep discussions you're having with the buyers or is it more just a meet and greet and then Monday's the day to drill into them? It can be like uh, going to a, a village fair at some of my <laughs> opens. <laughs> you meet your past clients, uh, their friends, their family. Uh, it's good from that perspective. But if you're talking about what's effective about for the client in question, the home that you're representing, it's a terrific opportunity to meet qualified buyers. Give them the opportunity of seeing what a fabulous neighborhood they're potentially moving into. And also, uh, it, it just gives me that chance to really connect with people. Mm. And then you obviously make the private appointments, and that's when the real selling is done. The open house isn't really the selling form. It, it's just a taster, really. That's how I treat it. And the real selling is done by private appointment. So you'll take them back a oh, second or a third time outside yeah, of it. As many times as is mutually convenient for both vendor and would-be purchaser. Yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> Mike, as we wrap up, because we'd like to kind of keep these to bite-sized 15-minute sessions, um, a few things that I hear in summary. Well, you know, this is all what I've known about you, but it's great to actually capture it and spread spread the good news through the industry. You know, one is you're about um, being authentic. Mm. The Michael Glynn you see today is going to be the one you see tomorrow. You understand the importance for people liking and trusting you. So, mm-hmm. And I think that's really um, so critical. A lot of people don't understand that simple logic. Um, on top of authenticity, preparation and product knowledge to you seems to be a, a real critical. key. Critical. Absolutely critical. Key areas, aren't they? Yeah. Um, Troy, I think Michael Glynn uh, can go down as the thinking man's agent. Uh, <laughs> I, I, th- I think that uh, it's great. We, we hear, we, we're going to hear, and we've heard a whole range of different personalities, but uh, you know, Michael, is, as, as I've heard, I'm sure listeners have gained, he's, he's very charming and incredibly intelligent, but he is just a hell of a nice guy. So, um, And you know, if you're out there and you're listening and you've got any referrals for the Inner West, Michael is there, and as you hear, he'll probably get them at 11 p.m. tonight. So... Uh, it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Glynn at mcgrath.com.au is the place to find if, you, if you've got a client wanting to buy or sell a beautiful home. And, and so, Mike, you do, you work in Glee, but also those surrounding yeah, inner west yeah, areas, yeah, Balmain, yeah, Annandale. Balmain, uh, well, I'm selling for people that I've sold for uh, on two previous occasions in Balmain at the moment. It's, it's just, it's fun. You've got to remember this business is really fun. Yeah. It, it is a joy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I can say that to people all the time when they say, God, you've been in real estate a long time. Is it tough? And I say, you know, I'm not going to pretend. It's actually a pleasure. And, yeah. and you know, to work the areas that you and I get to work, and many of all of our listeners, I'm sure, because I'm sure everyone loves yeah. the area they work, but, you know, to float around the, bon- the, the, the Balmain and the Glebe and the Annadale, meeting interesting people, helping them find their dream home and sell their current property, it's kind of like a good gig, isn't it? Well, we'll wrap it up there, but um, as I said, uh, Mike's uh, he shared some great ideas with us today. Uh, Tom will be back next week, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Tom, Tom will be back, so we'll hear lots more of Tom's great wisdom and energy. And in the meantime, guys, have a great week.